You're listening to the DCC Sermon Podcast. For more information about Dayton Christian Center, you can visit dcctx.church. Now let's join Pastor David Hilton for this week's message. God is good. The title of this message is Last Man Standing. If you got your Bibles, turn to 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 51. We'll start in 50. Thus David prevailed over the Philistines with a sling and a stone. And he struck the Philistine and killed him. But there was no sword in David's hand. Then David ran and stood over the Philistine, took his sword and drew it out of its sheath and killed him and cut off his head with it. When the Philistines saw, when the Philistines saw that their champion was dead, they fled. And the men of Israel and Judah arose and shouted and pursued the Philistines as far as the valley. Now, the other day I was sitting on the porch as often I do, and I'll just sit there, and you know, you get to watching uh, everything going on, and I was watching the trees, the wind blowing through the trees, and you know, and you just sit there, and you look, and I got to noticing, you know, the wind, the, this tree was doing this way, this tree was doing this way, and swirling, you know, how they do, and, and, uh, you know, and as a deer hunter, I, I watch that stuff. It's you want the right wind, you know. And it's in this part of the country, it's hard to get the right wind, you know, and because uh, it's always swirling, you know, and so it makes hunting real uh, challenging. But what I thought is, is that I'm looking and I'm seeing the wind in the Holy Spirit that quick goes, you ain't seeing the wind. You're seeing the effects of the wind. And man, did he start downloading some stuff in me. I was sitting there and I got to thinking and I was, and I stepped back and I was like, hold on a minute. The Philistines saw that their champion was dead. And what God had done is God was with David, but you didn't see God. You seen the effects of David being with God. Come on. And when that happened, a new champion stepped up. And so what, what David did is David let God define who he was. David didn't have to define, I'm a champion. Come on, are y'all hearing me? We don't have to define it. We don't even have to go looking for our anointing. The anointing will find you. Come on. And what people will see is the effects of the anointing on your life that you've been with God. Only God can turn shame into glory, bones into army, come on, graves into gardens. Come on, are y'all hearing what I'm saying? See, 
people need to start seeing the effects of his people being with him. And that's when Haley started saying that, he doesn't get better. We just begin to know him better. Come on. And it's like angels that go around the throne 24-7 going, holy, holy, holy. Because every time they make a trip around the throne of God, they're seeing a different side of God that they've never seen before. Holy, holy are you, Lord God. I didn't see that about you, God. Holy. God is the very essence of love, the very essence of peace, the very essence of grace and mercy. He can't get any more. He is. Come on. And without faith, it's impossible to please God. And those who come to God must believe that he See, he's the very essence of it. And the more trips you make around that mountain, the more you see God, the more you go, holy are you, Lord God. Come on. God's just that good. See, there was a new champion in town. And I'm telling you, you don't see where it all happens, where it all comes from, just like the wind You don't see the wind. You see the effects of it. You see the trees moving. You see the dust twirling up and the clouds swirling up and the snow driven by it, but you don't see it. And listen, it builds over time. Come on. And God does that with our lives. And I'll never forget when we worked for Billy and Kay, uh, we would do bull riding schools and, and we've done these steel and and I'll, I'll never forget we were we were doing one and I, I would I'd tell them boys I'd say look y- y'all got to bear down you got to bear down and I mean they'd nod their head and just it's it's like they just let go I mean it's like they were looking for a place to get off and and, and I and me and Terry Holland I'll never forget and me and Terry Holland was standing in front of the bucket chute. And we, I was like, how do you, you know, what, what do we do? You know, we, we got a whole class full of kids here. And, and I mean, they're not, they just, they're not getting it. How do you, and Terry, he looked at me, I'll never forget. He goes, how do you teach grit? I, I mean, and, and I was like, I don't know. And I'm telling you, I have pondered that question for years. And over the years, I've watched this culture influence our industry. Everybody gets to play. Everybody gets a trophy. I've watched that culture influence. And let me tell you something. That culture, that mentality doesn't mix well with bull riding because that bull don't care what your cultural belief is. They don't care what your pedigree is. They don't care what your resume is. They don't they don't hold to the standards of the NFL where now we're all taking a knee. 
and we're all bowing to the cultural norms of this. Come on, y'all hearing what I'm saying? They don't care. They don't care if your fees are paid. They don't care if they're not paid. They're still going to knock you out, try to kill you. Right? But see, I have watched that same appeasement and tolerance culture creep into the church. And it's been slowly filtering in to the church. Let me tell you, after pastoring for 16 years and rodeoing for 30 plus whatever we've been doing it now, I ponder that question no more. I know the answer to it. How do you teach grit? You don't teach it. It's caught. It ain't taught. It's by young men hanging out with old men that bear down through hard times, through tough times, never quitting, never backing down, riding it out regardless. It's caught by young men watching fathers. It's caught by young men. Let me tell you who made David tough. His older brothers. Right? Let me tell you something. You see it all through David's life. His older brothers didn't give him no slack. What the heck are you doing here, boy? Why are you here? And who did you leave them few sheep with? <laughs> Come on. You know they slapped him around. See, he lived next door to the Benjamites. They were right-handed, left-handed, could sling a sword, could do slingshots, right-handed, left-hand. They were bad. That's who he played with. Come on. You know, and I, and, and I was sitting there and I was in, listen, we become who we're hanging out with. You want to hang out with whiners, complainers? Or you want to hang out with somebody that ain't got no excuses, doesn't make excuses, they don't whine, they don't cry, they, listen, come on, are y'all hearing what I'm saying? But they know how to bear down. They know how to walk through the fire. They, come on. Listen, God is the same way. We're all going to screw up. We're all going to mess up. But let me tell you something. Champions aren't made from, listen, champions aren't guys who's never failed. Amen. Champions aren't born, they're made. Come on. They're not guys who's never been knocked down. They're just guys who refuse to stay down. And that's the same way the Christianity is. And I used to tell people all the time, you know, they're like, how do you, how do, you do all that? How do you put up with all that? I mean, so dangerous and y'all, everything, you know, I'm like, it's just what we do. And I thought, you know, my Christianity is the same way. That's just, what, that's just what you do. You seek God. You fight devils. Come on. 
you get over yourself, right? Once you figure out 99% of your problems are your fault, let me tell you something, you're on the way to victory. Once you figure out you're the problem, Oh, man, I'm telling you. See, God puts us in a process into training, right? I'm telling you. See, there's a passion and a craving that stirs on the inside of you, and it drives you to your purpose. And let me tell you something. When you have a purpose, you don't just... You're not just placed in it right off the bat. And here's how you know what your purpose is. It's what you'll sacrifice in, in, in hurt, pain, to do everything to do it. What you don't care what anybody else says or if anybody goes along with it, if it come on, are y'all hearing what I'm saying? That's when you know that's what you're supposed to do. Is when you don't care what everybody else says around you, and no matter how many times you fail, no matter how many times you, you just don't care, you're still going to do it. Come on. That's when you know that's your purpose. It's work ethic. It's discipline. It's just flat out try. There's got to be work ethic. Come on. And I'm telling you, and that's one thing that I've watched over the years. It ain't always the most talented guy that rides all the time. And it, we were watching the bull riding yesterday and, and Big Jim, J.B. Mooney was on there and he goes, I bet he bucks off. And I said, don't count him out. He did buck off, but let me tell you something. You never count those kind of guys out. There's a handful of guys that are sure enough cowboys. And when they're not supposed to ride, that's when they ride. And, and the bull really didn't buck hard enough to really buck him off. Now, I'm, but I'm telling you, the real rank ones, he rides. He rides the rank ones because he's got to. And it doesn't matter if he's hurting. It doesn't matter if he's broke. It doesn't matter what everybody else is saying about him. Oh, you're too old or old yet. Never count those guys out. Like them, love them, hate them, doesn't matter. You never count those guys out. Tough Hedeman rode the most ugliest I've ever, I've never, I never said, golly, that was an awesome ride. No, what Tough did was, is he gritted it out. That's what he did. He gritted it out. And I watched him after uh, Bodacious wrecked his face at the uh, PBR finals. Six weeks later, he's at NFR at the, and getting on with his jaw wired shut from them that during the finals when Bo wrecked his face, they scalped him, pulled his whole face down, reconstructed it, put it all back together, and he's at the NFR riding and he had just enough strength to walk out of the locker room get on his bull and then you had to carry him out of the arena 
and you say, that's just ridiculous. That's just, who would do that kind of, that's just, your body's a temple. Let me tell you something. I stand on the back of Buck and Shoot and I watched him do this. 10 rounds. Riding the rankest bulls in the United States. And the Holy Spirit goes, if my people had half of that tenacity and grit. Come on. Let me tell you something. It was ridiculous the training that David went through to become king. And here's what you need to remember. Your what and your where is training you for your why. The lions and the bears that you kill right now, come on, guarding some little old sheep is training you for where you're going. And the problem is, is when you get that tolerance and appeasement and don't want to offend nobody, come, let me tell you something. You're going to make another trip around the mountain until you get it. God never changes we change. God's never changed his process to get us to our purpose. Come on. Your what, your where right now is training you for your why. You may not like your job. You may not like the people where you're at. It may be hell where you're at. It, come on. But God's training you for where you're going. But too many times we quit and we leave. Come on. And then we have to start the process over. Oh, come on, are y'all with me? See, that's why it's the last man standing. See, Christianity is no different. You're faithful and you seek him. You get to know him. Come on. He gets better and he gets better. That's why in Daniel eleven thirty two 32, it says, the people who know their God will display strength and take action. Come on, the people who know their God, the more you get to know him, the better you get to know him, the better you get to see who he is. That word display, here's what it means. To make evident, to produce, to show off. Come on, the people who know their God are gonna show off. The people who know their God are gonna produce fruit for the kingdom. What did Jesus say? He said, those who do not produce fruit, it's going to be taken away from them and given to a people who are producing fruit. So here's what I'm telling you to do. It's time to bear down. It's time to go through the training. It's time to let go of some things in the past so we can go on into the future. Come on. <laughs> Oh, man. Come on, the people who know their God are going to make it evident. That's what it means, display. Look the word up, to display, to make it evident that they know God. That's the point. <laughs> That's why you still, listen, you want to be where God's at? God's in the fight. <laughs> That's why all in scripture, God says, you got to at least show up, boys, because this is where I'm at. 
Oh, God moves in mysterious ways. No, he don't. He moves in miraculous ways. And he wants you to be there to see it so people will know that he's moving on your behalf because he is the great I am. That's the point. <laughs> That's why he whoops armies with pots and a torch. That's why he kills somebody else's champion with a rock and a little kid who don't know any better to be scared because he's done been trained up fighting bears and lions. Is anybody in here? Listen, what we're taught about God is God is a loving God. God is a graceful God. God's merciful. He's your savior. You sit here and wait till he comes and gets you. That's what we're told. That's what we've been taught. That's what he is. He is graceful. He is merciful. He is our savior, but he's also a consuming fire. He's also the Lord of war. Come on. And he's wanting his people to whoop the kingdom of darkness. We are the ones. Oh. See, we're the ones who are supposed to be running the country. We're the ones that are supposed to be in the government. Come on. We're the ones supposed to be doing that. Not just sitting back, letting all the wicked people run the country. That's what's happened. Is we sit back and we're just waiting on the rapture. Waiting on Jesus to come. And while we're getting beat the hell up, I'm going to church this morning. <sighs> I'm just so tired. <laughs> right? That's how we go. With our tail tucked between our legs and our ears flat out. <laughs> you know? That's right. David said, I was glad when they said unto me, let's go to the house of the Lord. All right? David knew where his strength come from. David knew that people who know their God display, show off, make it known, make it evident. They produce fruit for the kingdom. David produced for the kingdom because he knew his God, because he'd been trained in the field. He killed his lion. David seized a bear, come on, seized a lion by his beard. Oh, Come on, when's the last, go to the zoo. <laughs> right? Have you ever seen a lion? And he, he seen him, he had a hold of him. That's close. Let me tell you something, God done something in your life when you're grabbing lions by their beards and stabbing them in the chest. Come on. Somebody said yes. <laughs> All right. Look, he'll fight your battles. Look, he is, look, God is ever for our success. Nobody else is more for your success than God. Even when it looks like you're going through the most ridiculous, dangerous trials, God's still for your success and he's training you. 
God doesn't want a bunch of pansies. Who, what, who, oh, I could just see the conversation with husband and wife. Uh, oh, we're, we're going to, let's grow up a little sissy kid. <laughs> Nobody ever starts out like that. Right? Neither does God. He is our father. Come on. He's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. And when we submit to the process, he grows us to where we're demon fighting. Come on. To where we speak the word no matter what. Listen, here's, Christianity is so funny to me because I, you know, I knew I needed God. I knew I needed God, but I didn't fit in. And, and here's the thing about it. Christians love all these mountaintop and ooh-ah moments. Have you ever been to the mountains? Let me tell you, here's the secret. You better train. You better get some wind in you before you go. <laughs> That's how I spent the first three or four days in the mountains. Oh, the mountaintop experience. Everybody loves it. But let me tell you something. The only way to enjoy the mountain, look, I'm out of breath. Just the, the only way to enjoy the mountaintop is if you've been through hell training and getting ready and prepared to start hiking up them suckers. Because when you start cutting that elk up and packing that booger out of there, Business gets real, real. I, I'm just going to die here. I'm glad I kissed my wife before I left. Honey, I'll start writing a text on you so when they find your old carcass with a hindquarter strapped to your back and a bear eating it, you know, you're like, at least I left a message. Oh, the altitude, the trees, the dead fall. Uh, come on, man. It's, it's work. Right? The people who know their God. See, everyone has to go through a training process to bear fruit for their purpose. That's what it's all about. See, God used David's ability to shepherd to make him a king. Come on, you think, how, 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 it's a heck of a jump to go from being a shepherd boy to being a king. But let me tell you something, David took ownership of his father's business. David took ownership of his father's business and he said, I'm going to protect these sheep even if it costs me my life. A lion and a bear is not going to come up in here. Come on. A sheep. A stinking sheep. Let me tell you something. That's ownership. To go get it out of a lion or a bear's mouth. That's what it says. David took it from him. 
right? See, God used that. See, David learned how to be a warrior fighting for sheep. Come on, what is God doing where you're at right now? What's he training you for right now? What menial little thing that you're doing that you can't stand right now that you need to go and take ownership of and let God train you in that? Come on. Listen, it says in 1 Samuel 17, 34, here's what David said to Saul. He said, your servant was tending his father's sheep. That word tending, it means to move, direct, develop one's course in a particular direction. It means to serve. It means to listen. It means to await, to apply oneself to care. Listen, that's what's going on. Wherever you're at, whatever you're doing, you're learning to tend your father's sheep. Come on, he's training you right there where you're at. Listen, all the misfortunes, all the failed expectations, all the setbacks of maybe this isn't how I thought life was supposed to turn out. Come on. God's training. God's setting things in motion, in order. Listen, things don't have to stay the way they are right now. What has to change is your thought and what's coming out of your mouth. That's what has to change. Come on. See, God perfected David's faith through the ridiculous, dangerous tending of sheep. Right? See, David allowed God to define his character. Hebrews 12, 1 one and two, it says, let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of your faith. Let me tell you something. That means God's fixing to make you tough. That's what it means. Endurance. Why would we need endurance? See, we've quit preaching endurance, steadfast, faithfulness. We've quit preaching that. What we preach was say this prayer and sit down and wait till Jesus comes back and the preacher does everything. That's what, that's what we've been taught. And people ain't caught that. Why? Because it don't work. That's not how God works. God says you're going to have to have endurance. You're fixed to have to run this race. Let me tell you, he's the author and perfecter of your faith. David never was perfect. David never claimed to be perfect, but he endured. Even when he messed up. Come on. So you don't have to be perfect. You're not going to start out perfect and you're never going to be perfect until you keep enduring. You keep going forward. You keep making mistakes. You keep falling. You keep getting up. You keep going. You keep working on your attitude. You keep working on what you say. Keep working on your thinking. Come on. And then all of that affects your actions. The people who know their God display strength and take action. That's people who are enduring, going forward. Come on. See, you don't start out perfect. 
but you just don't quit. See, there, there's going to be some, they just get tired, and they get tired of fighting, they get tired of, they get fearful, doubt, they can't change their mindset, they still hung up in old religious stuff. You know, they're just not going to change, and that's fine, but you're not. You're going to keep going. You're going to keep moving forward. Not going to get locked down and, oh my gosh, the coronavirus. How do we get over that? Right? What are we going to do? What are we, you know, who? <laughs> you know, I, I mean, see, we have to understand that when, when we start here in, about all these end times and there's a word that we've thrown around a lot, a remnant. Oh, God's remnant. You know, we're gonna we're we're God's remnant, God's remnant people and 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 listen, that word's been thrown around by preachers, slick back hair, Slack wearing, loafer wearing. They don't know nothing about bearing down. They're sheep or shepherding them, telling them what they can, can't say. Oh, God's remnant. We're going we're gonna to say this prayer. We're going to sit here. We're going to wait till God comes gets us. And they don't know what remnant is all about to the point now where we got to teach on what remnant means. And I got to thinking about that and I thought, my God, when you start studying remnant, it's not pretty. It's not the word I used to hear and was led to believe, oh, here's God remnant people. So let's look at a few things. Second Kings 19, 30. For out of Jerusalem shall go forth survivors. The zeal of the Lord shall perform this. Now, the zeal of the Lord showed up and cleared out the temple, right? Kicking over tables and running people out. When you get somebody who's zealous for something, they can be scary, right? Woo, he's pretty zealous, right? Kind of see a lot of the white of their eyes. You know, I never trust a horse. I can see too much white of their eyes. I'm telling you, y'all know what I'm talking about too. <laughs> but I'm telling you, the zeal of the Lord will do this. The word survivor, to remain alive or in existence, to live on. See, remnant is the last man standing. Remnant is a survivor. He's the recipient of promises granted Pardon because of God's everlasting love, yes. But it's also the removal of enemies and becoming established like a lion in a forest. Come on. It's walking in the glory of God and Him establishing a remnant people and establishing His kingdom. Micah chapter four, verse six, it says, then they will hammer their swords into plowshares. I tell you what, we better turn there because there's more to that needs to be said. 
In that day, declares the Lord. In what day? In verse 1 tells you which day. And it will come about in the last days. And then we skip down to verse 6 and it says, In the day, in that day, declares the Lord, I will assemble the lame, gather the outcast, even those whom I have afflicted. I will make the lame a remnant and the outcast a strong nation. And the Lord will reign over them in Mount Zion from now on and forever. Who's the remnant? It's the lame. It's the outcast. It's the ones who refuse to quit. It's the ones who are bearing down. Come on. It's the ones who just refuse to quit and sticking it out. It's not the ones who've just sat back and waited to be sucked out of here. Right? Oh, man. See, remnant comes at a price, y'all. Remnant will come at a price. See, they're going to have to get some grits, get some bear down. It's going to interrupt your daily routine. Learning, getting grit, catching, it's, it's, it's work, y'all. It's work. Listen, the hardest thing you will ever do is to be a Christian. That's the hardest thing you'll ever do is to be a Christian. The hardest thing you'll ever do is love your neighbor as yourself. The hardest thing you're going to ever do is keep your mouth shut when you want to say something. Right? See, being a Christian ain't easy. And all them people that say, oh, Christianity's a crutch, they don't know spit. It's, let me, <laughs> it's easier to smoke a joint and drink a beer than to be a Christian. That's why people do it. They medicate the pain. Come on. You want to talk about crutches, so don't come tell me that Christianity is a crutch. Because let me tell you something, it's the hardest thing you'll ever do. Especially if you're a hands-on kind of guy. Because you just want to choke somebody. It's easier to choke somebody than to have to sit there and listen to them. I need a minute. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm experiencing some things. Yeah, I mean, it's best you just don't talk for about five minutes. I need to go get with my God. Right? Listen, Christianity's not, it's like you're always going to have one foot on a banana peel. <laughs> All right? It's just like, I mean, that's just how it's going to be. You know? And so you're walking this thing out. That's why Paul said, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Why? Because you always got one foot on a banana peel. You're always close to running off in the ditch. You're always one cussing away of 
B.C. Dave. Before Christ Dave, right? So, I mean, we're working this thing out. It's work. And when we start getting so religious and so uh, trying to, then we start putting our little faces on when we come into church. How's everything going, brother? Man, it's great. And you're lying in the house of God. There's a bunch of preachers in a conference one time and they were, how's it going? Oh, it's been great. How's it going? Oh, it's been great. How's it going? Oh, it's been great. And they got over to one guy and he said, it's been like, shh. <laughs> the only guy in the whole building out of all the preachers telling the truth. Right? I mean, he just blurted it out. It's been hell. <laughs> Listen, God understands and knows. And when we feel like we're up against a wall, that's when you start praising. That's when you find out how better God is. That's when you find out how shame goes from glory, how bones turn to armies. Come on, how graves turn into gardens. Come on, that's when you learn and figure out. And the more you work that out in your life and the more you walk through things, come on, y'all know what I'm talking about. You mamas, y'all with got kids and you're, listen, I get it. You just want to duct tape them to the wall. That's normal. But you learn to work through it. They come to church. They learn. They See, it's a learning process. Right? It's a process. Our salvation is a process. It, it, our learning. Listen, it's the last man standing. It's the last man standing. In Amos chapter 9, let's look. Are y'all okay? Verse 1, it says, I saw the Lord standing beside the altar, and he said, Smite the capitals that the thresholds will shake and break them on the heads of them all. Then I will slay the rest of them with the sword. They will not have a fugitive who will flee or a refuge who will escape. Now listen to me. When God stands up, you can get ready for some correcting to start taking place. And what we've been seeing is, and, and look, I know there's lots of, you know, and y'all know me and I say this and I have to say it again, but it might be the end times and it, come on, but it may not be. We've been in places like this before. What we're going through right now is no strange thing that's happening. But when God begins to correct, he corrects the government and his church. And I'm telling you, our government is out of control. And, and the church, and listen, God's bringing some correction. God's doing some things in our day. And quite frankly, it's exciting to me. Because whether it's, we're, we're going through all this correction, man, let me tell you something. It's going to be amazing when we get to the other side. 
no matter what it is. Whether he shows up, takes us all home, fine. But if not, we're still here. We're still going to fight. We're still going to learn. We're still going to advance the kingdom. We're still going to do what God's called us to do no matter where we're at, right? Okay. Look in verse 11. In that day, I will raise up the fallen booth of David and wall up its breaches. I will also raise up its ruins and rebuild it as in the days of old. Then they may possess the, that, that they may possess the remnant of Edom and all the nations who are called by my name, declares the Lord who does this. Behold, days are coming, declares the Lord, when the plowman will overtake the reaper and the treader of grapes, him who sows seed. Listen, here's what God's saying. My people, when we're going through this correction, when we're setting things in order, here's what's going to happen. My people are going to actually start occupying. And they're actually going to start bearing fruit for the kingdom. Come on. And I'm going to raise up the fallen booth of David. Now that's very important. He doesn't say the tabernacle of Moses and he doesn't say the temple of Solomon. Moses' tabernacle was real solemn. It's real quiet. Real Solomon's temple was grandiose. It was the people come from all over to see the, the gold and the silver and all the utensils and the duties and the obligations and everything that went on that went. No, God said, I'm going to raise up David's tabernacle where it was praise and worship 24-7. It was loud. It was, come on. I'm going to raise that back up. And my people are going to occupy. Come on. What's God's, what is God doing with your what and where you're at right now? Come on. David was out in the field and God was training him. David was out tending them sheep and goats. Practicing to be king. What are you practicing for right now? Come on. Where you're at right now is not your final destination. What you're going through right now is not your final destination. What people are saying about you right now is not who's defining you. God's defining you. Come on. David didn't have to go looking for the anointing. It found him. Come on, man. What's God doing in your life right now? Look in Romans chapter 11. Look what Paul says. He's talking to them about the Jewish people. They're not cast out. They're still the chosen people. God's still going to use them. But he's talking about how the Gentiles were able to come in and be grafted in the vine. That's us. And look what, look, what, look what he says here. 
in verse uh, four. He said, but what is the divine... But what is the divine response? He's talking about how Elijah went to uh, God and was saying, I'm the only one left. I'm the only one. What did God tell him? Boy, you ain't the only one. There's 7,000 of other guys that ain't bowed their knee. So quit whining. Listen, God had... What did God tell Job? When Job started to ask questions, began to whine a little bit, what did God say? God would, God, God said, boy, gird up your loins and be a man. And let me ask you some questions. <laughs> right? He said, but what is the divine response to Elijah? I have kept for myself 7,000 men who have not bowed the knee to Baal. In the same way then, there, there has also come to be at the present time a remnant according to God's gracious choice. But if it is by grace, it is no longer on the basis of works. Otherwise, grace is no longer grace. What then? That which, that which Israel is seeking for it has not obtained, but those who were chosen obtained it, and the rest were hardened. See, some are going to get it, some aren't going to get it. That doesn't change what God's doing. And what Paul is saying here is, Paul's saying, listen, there is a paradigm uh, at times when God moves and in a remnant people, and he's setting government and the and his people in order, there is going to be wicked folks among you. It's just going to happen. Some people are not going to change. And the emergence of the church here was coming on the scene and Paul is saying, hey, some are going to get it, some ain't going to get it, but you got to keep doing and you're going to have to keep doing the work of the Lord. That's what Paul's saying here. There's going to be a remnant that moves throughout every generation. Come on, y'all see that? And it's the people who are willing to bear down, come on, who are willing to stick it out, who refuse to fail, who refuse to give up, come on, who refuse to lay down and just say, oh, well, just take prayer out of school. Oh, well, just take the Ten Commandments down. Oh, well, just tear up all of our history. Oh, well, come on, are y'all hearing what I'm saying? That's what we've done here in America to the point where God's having to step in and say enough's enough. We have a constitution that was founded on biblical principles that started over prayer and fasting. Come on, invoking God into our constitution and it's lasted 240 something years. No other country, no other constitution has ever done that. And you have a progressive movement that wants to make our constitution living. In other words, where they can change it at their will. No, that's not how this works. It's not going to change with the culture. Come on, are y'all hearing what I'm saying? 
Our Constitution does not change just because our culture changes. God's Word and who God is doesn't change just because our culture wants to change. Because they don't want to be offended. Because they don't want you speaking truth. Come on, are y'all hearing me? God doesn't change. See, we change, but God doesn't change. And the way God grows us up, the way God puts us in a process has never changed. We've tried to take the process out just to get to our purpose. You can't go around that. There's no way around the process. John the Baptist said, I baptize you for repentance of sin. He says, I'm going to introduce you to the process. You know what we've done? We've taken that plum out and all we've done is baptized for the repentance of sin, but we've never backed it up with, but there's one coming after me. He will baptize you in the spirit and fire and his winnowing fork is in his hand and he will take you through the threshing floor. Come on, we've never, we've never backed that up. And David started it in the Old Testament. When David sinned and messed up, God said, you go and you buy the threshing floor. David bought the threshing floor of Ornan and he built an altar on it and he sacrificed there and then he got all the provisions for Solomon to build the temple on the threshing floor. And God builds this temple on that same principle of a process of a threshing floor. you're going to get some grit about you. And when you get some grit about you, you're going to have something to give to somebody else. Then that you're going to produce the fruit of the kingdom. See, you are going to be, you are the product that God's looking for. Come on, man, y'all stand. So what is God training up in you at this very moment? Come on, what's the issue that you're going through that you have to give it to God and trust Him with it? What looks like you're going to be a failure? Come on, there's some decisions that you're going to have to make that's going to make it look like you're a failure. Yeah, but if I do this, it's going to make me look like a failure. Unless the seed goes in the ground and dies, it remains alone. Let me tell you something. That decision that you have to make, those things, those hard things that might seem offensive, that 
that might paint you in an ugly light. Come on. God can turn it into glory. God can turn it, shame, into glory. What feels like rejection right now may be the first step into being accepted by Almighty God and understanding and seeing that side of God. Come on. Come on, you may be in here and every time you look in the mirror, you can't see what God sees, but you see what the devil's trying to make you believe. Come on. When's the last time you looked in the mirror and said, you're blessed? You're blessed by Almighty God. You're a child of the Most High God. Come on, when's the last time that you looked in the mirror and said, God, thank you for loving me just how I am. God, thank you that you made me this way. Come on. Instead of believing a lie from the devil. Come on, girls, you hear what I'm talking about. Come on, guys. When's the last time you looked in the mirror and said, God, I thank you. I will be a great dad. Lord, I will be a great dad. I will be a great provider. Thank you. You gave me every provision. You made me who I'm going to be. Show me how to fight for my household. Come on, guys. You're in a fight for your household. You're in an all-out war. And if you think the devil is just running around, just uh, like he's just going to let you just have a wonderful life, right? A wonderful life just ain't going to happen. Just like good kids ain't just going to happen. You're going to have to whoop that foolishness out of them. Right? Oh. <laughs> That's not politically correct. No, it ain't politically correct in this culture, but in God's culture, it's real politically correct. Come on. He didn't say abuse them. He said whoop them. Come on, you can whoop a kid and still love them. You can whoop a kid in love. Only one of you has to be miserable. The other day I got to laughing. My boy said, I ain't never heard daddy say this is going to hurt me more than it hurts you. It did not. It did not. It didn't hurt me one bit. You can act a fool, but I'm going to whoop you. No matter where we're at, if you want to be embarrassed and whooped in a grocery store, 
I'm there for you. There wasn't no, I'm going to pull this car over. <laughs> yeah, yeah, hold the wheel. <laughs> Come on, are y'all hearing what I'm saying? It's just time. It's just time. The world needs us to be godly. They don't need us to be perfect. They need to see us loving God and trying to live right, repenting to our kids. Come on, repenting to our neighbors. Come on. Slowing back down, repenting to the guy you just flipped off in traffic. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I've never done that. <laughs> this is confession time. Anybody else? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you, you want to know how godly you are? Go sit in traffic in an 18-wheeler. It's horrible. We better pray. Father, I come to you as your humble servant, tending sheep. Lord, we love you. Lord, we know that you're training us up for something. Lord, we thank you that we're just not going to sit idly by and let a progressive agenda take over, to let wickedness take over where just anything goes. Lord, we're not going to do that. We're going to make a stand. And Father, we don't care what the outcome is. Regardless, we're going to ride this thing out. And Lord, we're going to love people no matter how rotten it gets. Lord, we're, just, we're going to still minister the gospel. We're still going to advance your kingdom. We're still going to walk in the authority and the power of the kingdom. Lord, we thank you that no matter what happens, Lord, you're God. And we're going we're gonna to be your kids regardless. We're not going to walk in fear. We're not going to walk in worry. We're not going to get into doubt. And, but Father, we thank you. We thank you right now that we're in this for the long haul regardless. And Father, we thank you right now for what you're doing. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, y'all give the Lord Thank you for listening to the DCC Sermon Podcast. If you enjoyed this message and would like to hear more, you can subscribe to our podcast and YouTube channel. If you would like to give towards our ministry, there are giving options available at dcctx.church. Thanks again for listening to the DCC Sermon Podcast.